You are listening to the beautiful sounds of praise and worship on Praise Until Dawn here on the Praise Broadcasting Network. As usual, I want to point you to our podcast of A Time Apart and Praise Until Dawn up at our website at pbnradio.com. That's PBN, Praise Broadcasting Network, pbnradio.com. And at the top of the page there, click on Podcast. You'll find both broadcasts up there. A Time Apart will have ATA colon in front of it want to welcome our Roku listeners. If you have Roku, great way to listen to Praise Until Dawn and Praise Broadcasting Network. Just search for, if, if you don't already know, just search for PBN or Praise Broadcasting Network. And I also want to say hello to all of our iWatch listeners, tablet, iPod, iPad listeners, Samsung, iPhone and other phone listeners, and of course our laptop and desktop listeners, and our iHeartRadio listeners. And I'm, I'm sure I've left somebody out, but whatever platform you're using to listen, welcome. Those listening by Alexa, ask her to play PBN Classic on TuneIn. I actually use Alexa to monitor pbnradio.com. Great way to listen. Good sound on it. I also want to remind you about our pbnradio.com Facebook page as well as my personal site. Go to our pbnradio.com homepage at pbnradio.com and click on the little blue and white Facebook logo at the top. It has a, a small letter F, which is white, with a, a circle of blue behind it that's facebook that will take you to our pbnradio.com facebook page for my personal page while you're at the pbnradio.com facebook page go up to the search bar 
and at the top enter Pat Rutherford 1232. Pat Rutherford 1232. We say thank you, Lord. We say go to church now this this is not bashing churches okay I'm, I'm just asking you a few questions why do you go to church why do you go through what many of the people go through and I remember when I was growing up the uh, the fights we used to have at home we're going to be late. We're going to be late. You good? Come on. Come on. Hurry. Hurry. You're not doing it fast. Would you come on? I'm going outside to start the car. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny at the time. And then you get to church, and what, what do you get every time? Was the time you spend at church worth the trouble you went through to get there? Mm. Was the sermon worth your time that you get there? I, if you're like we were, it, it, you know, growing up, it was, whew, oh, this is over with. And you're nodding off during the, the sermon. And um, why do you go? Why do you go? You ministers, why do you have church every week? Is it to expound eloquently? Because most of us can't do that. Why? Why do we go through the motions each week? Now, let, let me ask this. Um, do you think you would be nodding asleep if your minister came out and from the front, as he's speaking, he stops and says, You... Over the midway back, you, you've got that yellow, yellow jacket on. Stand up for a minute. 
you've had a lot of pro lot of soreness in your back and they say it's from a dislocated disc Jesus is healing that right now what would you do would you be nodding off during that and then he calls another one out and another one would all those who have pain in their hands right now, would, would you raise your hand? Would, would you stand up? Your hands can hardly hold anything because they hurt so bad. Would those around them, would you stand up? Put your hand on them and pray. Speak to that pain. Tell it to go in the name of Jesus. I, if that would have happened in my church, I, I would have been wide awake at that point wondering what in the world is going on pastors it's, it's not too late there are people uh, theologians evangelists pastors that they say that well it it you know the healing you know that it died off with with the apostles well that's true it has died off because we stop doing it. Nowhere in Scripture do you find that they say, okay, no more healings until Jesus comes. Where do you find that? Now, I'm, I'm not saying turn your service into a healing service every, every time. You do what the Spirit tells you to do. And if it's in the midst of your message, you stop. Check with the Spirit. Make sure it's, it's Him. And then do it. say what the Spirit said to say. Well, isn't that what we're supposed to do anyways? I believe my Bible says whoever believes. I'm a whoever. It wasn't talking about the disciples. They had already gone through their training. And how did they have to, to train? Have, have you, when's the last time you, you've read the, the Gospels? Or Acts? But mainly the Gospels I'm talking about right now because I'm talking about the disciples when they were with Jesus. Uh, Matthew 4, I, it, it's just, 
I read it out of my ESV, then I, I'm, I'm going to the Passion Translation and reading how that's translated. And the notes that they have down in the Passion, the Passion Translation are golden. They tell you why they translated it that way. And, and it's in English. Now, I'm, I don't get a dime from the Passage Translation for it for telling you about it. It's my heart. It's my passion. I'll compare the two. But it will use words that I use in everyday language. Even though I'm a Texan, it, it uses words I would use And just, I, I sit there, and I, I was, before I went to bed last went to sleep last night, I, I sat there, and I have my little table that, that I use, I don't know what else to call it, a uh, little desk thingy that has the legs that can go up and down, it's made for beds, and uh, put my, uh, it's th at that time, I, I read the Passion Translation, at other times, I, I read the English Standard Version. Um, why the ESV? It has wide margins. My daughter gave it to me, and it's it's just a wonderfully translated Bible. And I'll sit there at night. <laughs> I told Claudia the other night. I said, "It's like I'm underlining everything." She says, I know, I'm doing it too. And I get <laughs> to really highlight the stuff that really stands out. I have a green highlighter. And even then, I will draw a line from one of the words down to its explanation down in the notes. Everything that Jesus did everywhere he went had a purpose. Why did Jesus move from Nazareth to Capernaum? You know what Capernaum means? Village of Nahum. You know, Nahum, Tobacco, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. Nahum, Tobacco, uh, Habakkuk, um, village of Nahum. You know what Nahum means? Comfort or comforted. So Capernaum is really the village of the comforted. Now, that may not mean anything to you, but when I read that, I went, <gasps> of course, Jesus moved there. Those in darkness saw a great light. They were shown the kingdom. 
who was in Capernaum and around the regions of Galilee? Gentiles and Jews. But the Jews are mainly down in Judah. Gentiles. This was the first time Jesus took the gospel to the Gentiles, that's you and me, kids. I want that realization in my mind and my heart. Help me understand, God. We had nothing as Gentiles until you turned and said, you too are my chosen. And a whole new life opens for us. We lack power in our churches because we haven't seen the power. And therefore we give up on seeking. We don't seek the power, we seek the Holy Spirit that works the power through us. We tend to want to do it on our timing instead of trusting that his timing is perfect. We wait on the Lord expectantly. I heard that one, um, for the word wait, I heard uh, a minister say that one of the translations of that word means to whirl in the dance. Say what? <laughs> Oops. What? As we expectantly wait. For the Lord. We don't give up. We're sons and daughters, kids. We don't give up waiting to hear from our Father expectantly. You know, it's not only the ministers that what would happen if you, where you work, or in your town while you're walking down the road, uh, walking down the sidewalk. Uh, yeah, stay out of the road. Stay on the sidewalk. Um, somebody falls down in front of you and it looks like, you know, something's happened inside because they're, so they're unconscious. What do you do? First thing, 911. Well, first thing, while you're dialing 911, life and not death. Life and not death. 911, what is your, your dialing all that time? You tell them. And then until they get there, you speak healing over that person. You minister to them. You, you 
if it's bleeding, you stop the bleeding. Don't be stupid. You know, apply the the medical stuff. Don't play doctor. Just you stop the bleeding. You make sure they're breathing, and all the while, speak life to you in the name of Jesus, healing in the name of Jesus. What would happen at your work if this took place? That wherever you walked, wherever you worked, you carried the Holy Spirit expectantly waiting, prepared to do what the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, prepared to do what he's asked us to do. How many of us would be so admiring of sin if that's operating? If the Holy Spirit, if we allow it to operate in our life. Because we have spent time with Him. When we sin, we don't run from the Father. We run to the Father. Let Him put His strong arms around us while we are so heartfelt sorry he says that's okay we'll get it right you don't worry about it I've sent you the, a helper the helper and he'll help you with this So you get back out there and you expectantly wait to hear from Helper, from Holy Spirit. What would happen around your town? I don't know. I know there sure would be excitement in the air know that Holy Spirit worked through me like that. We expectantly wait, whirl in the dance. That means you're, you're not worried. There's some things that recently that, that Claudia and I could have just gone down the street screaming worrying about done that in the past not going to go there again so you saturate yourself being in the presence of our father knowing that the holy spirit is in every finger of my body is looking out my my vision Everything I see, he sees. Everything I touch, he touches. Everywhere I go, he goes. Some people look on that as, oh my goodness, oh, oh no, oh, oh. And other people do that with excitement. Wait on the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage wait 
on the Lord. In returning and rest, you will be saved and quietness and trust is your strength we're sons and daughters kids we're sons and daughters of the king
You the God of miracles. 
This song was written by one of the sons of this house. He wrote it after his baby died. It was his confession that God is good and he works wonders. We're going to sing it all over again. Now, a friend of mine, Dick Mills, is with the Lord now, but he told us a story years ago. He's really being harassed by the devil. So he got two chairs, made them face each other in a room. He said, devil, sit down. I'm going to worship God, and you're going to watch me. <laughs> and if you knew Dick, you knew that's exactly how he would do it. We've come here with all kinds of opportunities, open doors, levels of favor. We've come with all kinds of challenges. We've come with all kinds of problems. We've come with all kinds of stuff. And I'd like if there's any way you can do it, just stick all of it right in front of you. We don't need greater strategies. We don't need, I believe in it, but we need Him. We need the Almighty God to be so present upon us, with us, in us, through us, all around us. And I don't know, we may sing this for another hour, except we probably exhaust the team, but I, I want us to sing this song for a while. I want them to start at the beginning. And I want you to take everything you can think of that you're facing that's a challenge, that's an impossibility. 
I want you to look at it solid and then begin to declare that our God is the God of miracles. Our God is the God of miracles.
Sing the God who was and is. The God who was and is to come. Lift your voice. The power. The God who brings the dead. The God of miracles, the God of miracles, let's sing it again, the God who was, the God who was and is to come, your power, you're the power of the risen one, we know, the God who brings the dead to life, you're the God
Your eyes are like a flame of fire 
Growing up Jewish, I thought that Jesus was the God of the Catholic Church. He was just some guy, kind of foreign to us, God of this other religion, but nothing to do with us as Jews. When I was in high school, I earned the nicknames Drug Bear and Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, I smoked pot, I smoked hash, I used ups, I used downs, I used LSD, I used mescaline, I used amphetamines, I used cocaine, I, I shot heroin. I would take massive quantities just to see how far I could go. I once did enough mescaline, a hallucinogenic drug, for 30 people, the equivalent of one ounce. I couldn't distinguish between reality and hallucination. I would walk with my hand in front of my face at night because I didn't know if the tree that was growing up in front of me was really there or if the tree that grew up into fireworks that, that they were really taking place. I'd see like a car coming at me and suddenly the car became a person. You know, the eyes, the, the lights became eyes and a mouth. Or I'd see someone walking their dog and that they'd morph into, they'd each become a little bit of each other. And it was really going on a trip. I had a really wicked heart. I mean, I was proud, really proud, obnoxiously proud. And I was vicious with my tongue. I, I wasn't a fist fighter. I didn't get in fights, but I would cut people down. I would rip into them until they were in tears. So I thought, well, if there really is a God, he, he knows I have a good heart. You know, if, if I see an old woman and she's entering a store, I'll open the door for her. Or if I'm in New York City and I see some poor bums, some drunkard on the street, I'll, I'll give him a few cents. So in my heart, I'm actually a good person. I thought a church, I don't know, kind of like synagogue. You say these prayers out of a book, and then maybe you have these other rituals that you go through or something like that. I, I don't know. And you got some guy hanging on a cross, and, you know, and that's, that's what it's like. Well, not this church. This was very, very different. And then my friends would come back with stories. They said, the pastor was preaching from the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible that tells us about the end times. We're sitting around getting high, smoking pot, and they're telling me these stories. And they said, there, there's going to be a beast. It comes out of a bottomless pit, seven heads, and 10 horns. And it's going to like rule the world. And I said, that's in the Bible? That's what they talk about in this church? That's a cool church. And at the end of the service, the pastor said, is there anyone here who wants to receive Jesus or ask Jesus into their hearts? I guess he did that in, in all the services. And my friend sitting next to me nudges me. He said, Mike, you should go up now. And see, I knew after my first visit there, these people are praying for me because they think like I'm the worst sinner in the world. These old people will really get a kick out of it. If I go up there and say this prayer, they'll be all excited like, oh, the big sinner went up. So I, I went up to pray the prayer. I didn't mean anything by it. I just, I was having a little fun with it. So the pastor said, say these words out loud with me. I believe Jesus died for me. Okay, Jesus died for me. Jesus took my place. I sinned, I did all these bad things, he was perfect, he died for me. You know, I believe, I believe that's true. I believe Jesus did die for me. Say these words, I believe he rose from the dead. And I thought, you know, I, somehow, I know that's true also. The story didn't end just with him dying, 
But it goes on. That's why all these people believe in him today. He rose from the dead. I believe it. And then he said, and I promise to live for you all the days of my life. And I said the words. He said, did you mean that? I said, yes. He said, I believe you. God knew I didn't mean the last part. And that's when the deep spiritual battle really began to take place. I loved heavy rock music. So Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, and bands a little different, Jethro Tull, these different ones. Because I was a drummer, bass set, and pounding everything. It was kind of a whole new world for me. And I thought, I want to play drums just like that. One of my favorite things to do in life was to get high and to go to a rock concert. And you talk about an experience. You, you go to a, a concert, say, at the Fillmore East, and they have what's called the Joshua Light Show, this pounding, flashing light going on behind them. And here's Zeppelin, dazed and confused, and Robert Plant kind of staggering over the stage as he's singing, and Jimmy Page ripping out his guitars, and John Bonham, that drummer with that heavy drum beat, and, and bass player just driving this thing. And the music would be so loud, I would test it. I would scream at the top of my lungs, and if I could hear myself, the music wasn't loud enough. I lived for that. And then my own band, we'd play every day. We'd practice and play for hours and the loud music and getting high, man. We loved it. Now, I'm in this little church. There's maybe 40, 50 people there. I'm 16, long-haired hippie. You got guys 50, 60 years old in jackets and ties and ladies in their dresses. And there's the pastor's wife playing the piano. That's the instrument, piano. No amps. No, boom, sound. She's playing the piano. And she's playing these little ditty hymns. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. I'm talking about these silly little ditties. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Sunshine, sunshine in my soul today. I mean, that's what we're singing. And as we're singing these songs... And we're just singing a couple of songs. You got 40, 50 people. You got no amplification, no drugs. Suddenly, I experienced this joy I've never experienced in my life. I mean, I, I can't even describe it with words as I talk about it now. And immediately, it's like my life passed before me. I thought, getting high on drugs. No, this is different. Rock music, playing, going to a concert. This is different. Winning in sports, playing sports. No, this is different having a great relationship with someone, doing good for someone. I thought, this is different. This is completely different. This must be what these people call the joy of the Lord. And I realized this is how much God loves me. This is what Jesus did for me dying on the cross. This was the most pure, amazing joy a human being could ever experience. When God made himself so real to me, at that point, I didn't want to live the way I was living anymore. I said, I'll never put a needle in my arm again when I experienced that incredible joy and I realized how much God loved me. When I stopped doing drugs and I said, Dad, Dad, I got saved. I mean, who knew what the words meant? And he said, hallelujah. He was just making fun of it. He didn't take it seriously. Now, hang on. We're Jews. We don't believe this. See, he was Jewish enough to be concerned that his son is going to depart from the faith. I'm thrilled you're off drugs, but now you need to come back to Judaism. You need to talk to the local rabbi. And for me, I was excited to do it because I wanted 
I wanted my Jewish people to know about Jesus. I'd meet this rabbi and that one, ultra-Orthodox rabbis who've been studying these things for decades and centuries. And, and I thought, you know, I, I need to learn more. My faith is secure in my heart. I need to learn more. I need to learn Hebrew. I need to, to learn more about Judaism. And the more I studied, the more clear it was that I was completely on the side of truth and following Jesus. We would keep having these discussions and debates and so very, very few rabbis, despite their sincerity and all their study, have even opened up an honest question before God as to who he is. In their mind, it's blasphemous, it's sacrilegious to read the New Testament as sacrilegious, so they stay away from it entirely. They don't know who he really is. They know some of the bad stories we preserve in our own traditions, you know, hanging on a crucifix in a Catholic church. The horror stories of the inquisitions and the crusades and the terrible things that so-called Christians did to Jewish people through the years. What really happened was he was laying down his life for us. He was taking the place of the animal sacrifices. In other words, he was doing this as Yeshua, the promised Messiah, in keeping with scripture and our tradition. So he was not some Gentile God hanging on a cross from another religion. He was our Messiah dying as the righteous one, taking our sins on his shoulders and then rising from the dead so that we could have a great relationship with God. My dad, he actually would come and hear me preach. You know, he, he wanted me to go back to Judaism, but then he, he saw how radically my life was changed and, and began to consider, could it be that Jesus is the Messiah? I remember he was even reading the New Testament, so his heart was wide open because he saw how Jesus had changed my life, and he knew that this was something only God could have done. Son of God, we love you. Lift our gaze to you, Jesus. We're forever changed by you.
the secret place of our heart in the hidden place God let there be love if you clean the inside of the cup the outside will be clean yes it will Fill me with love When no one's watching Fill me with love What I pursue in the secret place Will come out amongst the open When no one's listening God, fill me with love God, fill it with love. Oh, in the motives, Jesus, wash them with love. Everything I do, let it be for you, God. Oh, I've never known a love like this before. And I've never failed to touch like this.
are tax-deductible in the United States and appreciated from around the world. Our address is Praise Broadcasting Network, P.O. Box 2468, Asheboro, North Carolina, 27204. 
You can also visit our website at www.pbnradio.com. Pat and Claudia love reading your email. You may send it to mail at pbnradio.com or call them at 336-626-PRAY. That's 336-626-7729. You're listening to Praise Until Dawn, coast to coast and around the world, here on the Praise Broadcasting Network.